Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Today, we are talking about what's next. And I want you to take a moment, turn to the person who's sitting next to you, and I want you to tell a story about a time where you asked the question, what's next? Now, let me preface this. Those of you who are seniors in this room graduating or graduated, don't get to use this moment. You have to pick a different moment, okay? So I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell about a time when you asked the question, what's next? Okay, go. All right. So I can think of, there are three particular times, there's a lot more than that, but three particular times where I said, what's next? The first one happened in about 2001 in February, and we brought home this little girl from the hospital, and I remember thinking to myself and looking at Jeremy, I'm pretty sure, and saying, what do we do now? And then um, in about September of 2003, I remember uh, bringing home this little boy from the hospital going, oh my goodness, what do we do now? And then I remember um, early in 2007, not November, okay? November was a big event, but early in 2007, finding out that little number three was going to be arriving in our family, and I was like, oh my word, what is next? I, I don't know about you, parents in this room, but those moments when you bring kids home from the hospital, it's almost like, what do we do now? And you can have all the training in the world and still not be prepared for all that lies ahead of you, right, in, in that moment. Well, this morning we're talking about a character from the Bible who no doubt said, what's next? This takes place after Moses has died. And Moses was kind of an important guy in the Bible, if you don't know that. He was kind of important. He was the guy who met with the Lord, received the Ten Commandments, and shared them with the people, led the people across the, uh, the Red Sea, and, and when it parted, and, and helped them escape Pharaoh and all of the chariots and, and the army. And so he has died. And now all of a sudden, the Israelites are going, what's next? 
And then as you know, we think about this, it takes us back to last week. There was a group of men in a room, remember, after Jesus died going, what's next? So there's these key moments that happen where we just ask, what do we do now? Where do we go now? How do I make this decision? What do I do in this instance and what's next? So God approaches Moses' right-hand man and he commissions him. He gives him instructions and the authority to lead the Israelites. And we're going to find our passage this morning in Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. Let's read together. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, to all of the Hittites, to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall lead this people to possess the land that I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord, and we all say together, thank you, Jesus. So we have the commissioning, right? He calls Joshua, and he says, all right, it's your turn. You're the, you're the next man in, in leadership. And, and so he, then he, he proceeds to, from Joshua, he says, but I want to tell you, um, I'm going to be faithful to you, right? He says, um, when you cross the Jordan, the land is yours. So he's laying it out for him. Okay, I've called you, now the land is yours. And he says, I've already given you the land. So everywhere that your foot touches, that, that's, that's for you. Now go, what I've already given you, go and claim it. Um, and God is keeping the promises that he made here to Moses. He is a, he's a God of his word. Thank goodness, right? And so he's showing that here to Joshua. He lays out the boundaries for Joshua. He says, the east, the west, the, here's your boundaries, but it's yours. Now go get it. And he promises not to leave or to forsake Joshua. That is hopeful news. He says, um, you know, Joshua, you're going to have some major obstacles ahead of you. Joshua's got kings to battle. He's got things ahead of him in his path that are not going to be easy. But he's already said, I have given you the land, now go. Strong, when he refers to the word strong in here, it refers to strength in the battle. And good courage refers to the difficult tasks that lay ahead of Joshua. He says, have good courage. And then he talks about human faithfulness in verses 6 through 8. He says, um, God is faithful to the Israelites, and he expects their faithfulness. Hey, I've made these promises to you. 
Now, don't sway to the left or the right. Follow this path that I've given you. Go on it, and you're going to prosper. And good things are going to happen for you when you go on this road. So Joshua and the Israelites are probably standing here going, what's next? And God's like, okay, here's what's next. Now follow me. Let's go. He says, um, he commands uh, Joshua, God commanded him, don't just take a part of it. Take all of it. No picking and choosing. He, he's saying, you know, and we can do this sometimes in our life. God's saying to us, no picking part of it. Um, choose all of it. As long as the Israelites were faithful to God, God was faithful to them. God allowed them to dwell in the land of Canaan. And you know what happened when they did their own thing, which they did a lot? They found themselves in bondage. They tried to go their own way, and they wandered in circles because they tried to do their own thing. Um, God is still in the business of calling us today. He created you. Seniors, anyone else in this room, he looks at you and he says, Rodrigo, I created you. I have called you by name. Right? That's pretty cool. Isaiah 43.1 says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Praise the Lord for that. Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God still calls us today. We are still commissioned people. He does not just call pastors and ministry leaders. He calls lay people in churches. He calls people to love their neighbors. He calls people to love their coworkers and their schoolmates. He calls all of us, not just those in leadership. God is still faithful. He still holds up to the promises that he made all those years ago to Moses and to the leaders and to the heroes of the faith in the past. He is still holding true to his word today. And he still expects us to be faithful to him, just like he expected of the Israelites all those years ago. But you know what happens? We still wander like those clueless Israelites that we read about. We still find ourselves lost, going in circles, going, I don't know what to do. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why this has happened. What is next? God says, I will be faithful to you. I'm calling you to be faithful to me. God is still here with us. Um, when we ask ourselves, we find ourselves at this crossroads, right? Our high school seniors and our college seniors, many of them are at crossroads, while our college seniors might know what's next for them, it's still a crossroads because it's still a transition in life from this organized structure of school to adulthood, right? It's not always the easiest transition. I asked Josh this morning how his first week post-college was. He said, well, not so great. I got in a car accident. So it's welcome. And Jamie said, welcome to adulthood. Like, we don't get to plan for the craziness that happens in the midst of our weeks, right? Anyone in here? Can anyone in here say, sometimes my weeks do not turn out the way that I thought they would? Yeah. We should all be raising our hands, probably double hands. Some of you in here, your stories over the last couple weeks, everyone in here would go, oh my word, and you're sitting here this morning. God is in the midst of those crossroads with us. It may not be an easy time, but sometimes we have to sit in that waiting period for a while, right? Like our, our high school seniors, some of them said, I'm not sure what's next. I'm going to college, but I don't really know what I'm going to college for. That's okay. 
God's with you in the midst of that I'm not sure moment. God's with you at that crossroads in your life. And he's just saying, be faithful to me. Follow me. I'm going to walk with you through this. And that's good news for us. He is with you each step of the way. He's called every single one of you to great things. And so what's next? God is with us in in the difficult times. He's with us in the life decisions. When we have hard life decisions, God is there. When a chapter of our life is closing, God is there. You know, over the last couple years, Jeremy and I have graduated two high school seniors. And I have one more who's reminded me that he only has three years left of high school. We're about to close a chapter in the life of our family. God is there with us. If you are in the midst of serious illness, guess what? God is there. If you are in the midst of marriage troubles, God is there. If you are in the midst of a child in rebellion, God is there. If you are in the midst of job struggles, God is there. He is here with you. He's walking with you through these things. He does not want you to feel alone, to feel isolated. He's saying, I am right by your side. I will not leave you or forsake you. Psalm 37, 23 and 24. Our steps are made firm by the Lord. When he delights in our way, though we stumble, we shall not fall headlong. For the Lord holds us by the hand. So he leads us. He gives us strength. He delights when we follow him. He he loves it when we follow him. He does not walk away when we fail. You all need to hear me say this this morning. He does not walk away when we fail. We might walk away from him, but he is not walking away from you. He loves you so, so much. You are, after all, created in his image. He loves you. He stands by our side, and he guides us back to the path of life when we stray. Those stinking Israelites, right? It's easy to look back at that passage and those passages of Scripture and go, man, they were some clueless people. But if we put it into perspective, we're following in their footsteps sometimes. We're doing what they did. But God still loves us. God still calls us. God still commissions us. God still has plans for us. And he is not done. And he is not leaving you. He still desires to shape you. He, he said to Joshua, meditate on the law. When? Day and night. Day and night. Meditate on it. Learn from it. And let it shape you. We gave seniors. Hold up somebody. Hold up your Bible near. We gave these seniors this word of God. That is the best shaper that you can ever, ever use. Because it will mold, thank you guys, it will mold and shape your life. My hope and my prayer is that there comes a day where that Bible is so worn out that you have to go get another one. I got a Bible when I was about a sophomore in high school and just a couple of years ago replaced that Bible. It was the hardest thing in the world for me. But that thing was falling apart. Pages were falling out of it because I had read my way through it and just devoured that word. My hope and my prayer is that you will not just let this sit on the shelf and grow dust. And if if those of you in this room have a Bible in your home that's grown some dust, dust it off. There's still good things inside of it. And God's just waiting to meet you there. The work of God is based on the promises of God. 
All right, listen to this. You can't serve God without claiming the promises of God. You can't claim the promises of God without knowing the promises of God. And you can't know the promises of God if you don't read them in the book. So when you claim you know it, you, gotta, you can't just claim it without knowing it, and you can't know it without studying it. So we got to open the word of God, and we got to let it mold us, and we've got to let it shape us. All right, so God gave the Israelites boundaries, right? He told them the boundaries of the land that they were about to claim. God still gives us boundaries today. Some of us, we don't like boundaries. Anybody in here have a hard time with boundaries that people give you? Come on. Okay, there's a couple honest people. All right, we sometimes have a hard time when someone tells us, okay, you can do this, but here's your boundaries. Teenagers in this room, come on now. Everybody on your phone, look at me a second. Okay, tell me right now, how many of you have a hard time with boundaries that your parents have maybe set for you at some point in your life? You better all be honest with me. Some of you are smirking, but you're not raising your hand, but we'll just let that be. Okay, all right, adults in here, how many of you had a hard time with boundaries that your parents set for you at one point in your life? Yeah, we push back at boundaries, right? But God gives us boundaries. He's not being given boundaries to be a killjoy. He's given boundaries to protect us. He's giving boundaries to guide us. Those boundaries aren't to limit you. Those boundaries are actually meant to open you up to all the goodness that God has for you. They're not meant to stifle you. We just look at it that way sometimes. And I think when we look at those boundaries as something that's stifling us, we're not looking at those boundaries through God's eyes. We're looking at those boundaries through our human eyes. But if we look at those boundaries through, okay, God, what do you have for me through this? All of the sudden, it's like those boundaries, they get pushed back into the beyond our peripheral vision. And all of a sudden, the land in front of us looks so much bigger. Because we're not hindered by those boundaries that God sets for us. So he gives us boundaries. Two choices on a shelf. This is a small poem by Ron Hamilton. Two choices on a shelf, pleasing your God or pleasing yourself. Every day you win or lose, it all depends which one you choose. So your choices are stay within the boundaries and God's going to guide you and lead you or step out of the boundaries and try and do your own thing. But what happens when we step out of the boundaries? The funny thing is we think, okay, so we think sometimes that with boundaries, we're being tied up, right? We're being restricted. But when we step outside of the boundaries, what do we find ourselves? We find ourselves in bondage, like the Israelites did. They wanted to do their own thing, but when they tried to do their own thing, they made it worse than before. Huh. Imagine that. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org give. Thanks again for listening.